Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, hey, Elevation Church. Again, so glad that you are joining us. 2023. Can you believe it? The first Sunday of the year, the first day of the year, and we get to gather together as His church to worship our King Jesus. I want to, again, give you a massive shout out for joining us and hope that you are having a great morning thus far and a great time with us as we've worshipped and really seek God together. But again, I want to encourage us, hey, be active on the chat. There's something that you like throughout this message. Would you let people know? Put little fire emojis, whatever it is for you. But hey, engage with us, lean in as we unpack the story of Scripture and learn together to start the year. But still, I can't believe it. 2022 is over and out. Christmas is done. It seems like a distant memory already. I can smell the fumes of hot cross buns as they're making their way to the shelves ready for Easter. And uh, I'm looking forward to everything that God is going to do in us as a church throughout 2023. And if you don't know me, my name is Isaac. I do get the great honour and privilege to be on team at our Gold Coast location. And uh, I really love though that no matter where you're watching from, we are all part of one family. You might be watching from Perth, Melbourne, in Sydney, Penrith, up North Queensland, uh, wherever you're watching or tuning in from, I love that we are part of one family uh, all gathering together right across Australia. You know, I believe in the local church. I believe wholeheartedly that the church is positioned uniquely in this day and age to be a prophetic voice into the culture around us, to direct and lead our cities and our region and our families and our workplaces and our schools and our universities closer towards Jesus. And, and I love that we as the church get to be the pillar of truth and that we as the church get to be a voice uh, telling the story of Jesus to the people around us. You know, I'm convinced that the church and the role of the church is not just to exist on the outskirts of society, hidden, swept under the rug, but that the church uh, is meant to be infused and a part of every single city and region. Why? Because we have the hope of the world. We have the message and the story of Jesus that can set captives free, that can see people healed uh, and experience forgiveness and restoration. We can see families reunited and prodigals come home. Why? Because the person of Jesus is not just for 2,000 years ago, but let me tell you and remind you this year, He is moving, He is alive, He is ready and seeking a church to be His vessel to the world around us. Why? So that we can establish His kingdom here on earth. And friend, I really am excited about the future, that God is not put off by what is going on in the world around us. There is no crisis, no political regime, no cultural shift, no pandemic, no financial instability, no sickness that is more powerful than our God. And friend, I don't want to sit back anymore and let the world dictate the course of humanity, but I want to speak the hope and truth of Jesus Christ to write a new story for our world that points people to Jesus. God is building His church. His kingdom is advancing and His message still transforms and changes people. So, so my encouragement to begin is don't let external voices drown out the whisper of heaven over our church and over our region. And so I'm looking forward to what God is gonna do this year, 
through each of our locations, through each of our ministries, through our church collectively, uh, as we seek God and our desire to advance and establish His kingdom here on earth, as we lift up His name, as we glorify God and make room for Him in our lives and uh, our worlds to see Him do what only He can do. And before we jump into the message today, I just wanna take some time actually to honour our lead pastors, Pastor Miles and Bonnie Powyden. Uh, they are officially lead pastors of Elevation, taking us into our next season. And whilst I honour the past and I'm grateful for everything that, that has gone before us and the people, Pastor Ross and Kathy, uh, I'm excited for what Pastor Miles and Bonnie are gonna do uh, through this great church as they lead us into the next season. And uh, quite literally their very first day on the job. Uh, and so I just wanna honor them, give them a shout out. Hey, Pastor Miles and Bonnie, we're in your corner. We're praying for you. We're building with you. We're partners with you. Uh, and we wanna see God do something incredible through this church as you hear prophetically and take leadership uh, from God. And so uh, I wanna encourage us as locations right across Australia, to actually pray for Pastor Miles and Bonnie, to actually go to war for them, uh, to, to help God really deposit strategy to them that they can actually outwork the next season of this church. And so we love you, Pastor Miles and Bonnie, excited for the future, but let's just pray, hey, for Pastor Miles and Bonnie, right where you are, maybe you're watching in your living room, uh, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're out at a cafe, maybe you're just waking up and you still got the bed hair. Hey, it's not too late to pray, but why don't you join me as we pray for Pastor Miles and Bonnie. God, we thank you for, for our fearless leaders, uh, God, I pray that as they take the mantle uh, of carrying Elevation Church, that it would not uh, drown them, but God, that it would pull out the God thread in them, that they would be full of faith, they would be full of wisdom, they would be full of insight, God, to lead this church to the place that you have for us. And so God, right now, we just pr pray protection over their marriage, provision financially. Uh, God, that no attack or scheme of the enemy would be able to derail them from the call of God on their life. And so God, would they know that we're for them and that we're fighting with them in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Everyone said, amen and amen. Well, today we're gonna to be reading from the book of Colossians chapter three, just the first few verses. Uh, and really my heart throughout this message as we launch our year and kickstart our year is not necessarily to provide uh, answers or not necessarily to provide things that you can go away with practically, but, but really to maybe scratch an itch of your heart that can get you to seek out some things for yourself. Uh, right, because what I don't want to do is for you to start the year thinking that your spiritual growth is attached to a preacher on a Sunday. Right? But our goal is that we teach and equip you that you can actually mature and follow Jesus in your own life, uh, that you can discover revelations, that you can get a conviction, uh, that we would equip you with the story of Scripture, that you can actually go and seek things out yourself. And so uh, I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 3, just the first few verses. Let's read it together. Paul's writing and he says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you, friend, died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Let me read it again. If then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on those things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you right now for these moments. God, our heart really is that we would be transformed into the image of you. 
Uh, so God, even over the next 20 or so minutes, let this not be academic for uh, information gain, but let this be a revelation of your truth and your scripture that sees the very inner parts of our world transformed. God, this year, we wanna be more like you. This year, we wanna help advance your kingdom. This year, we don't wanna get swayed and pulled by every cultural trend that comes our way, but we wanna be anchored, firmly grounded in the reality of you, Jesus. And just as we read from the Apostle Paul, as we unpack this passage of Scripture, God, that we would be a people who have our minds set on the things that are above. We would be a people who seek after the things that are above. And so God, even in these moments, uh, would you humble me to be a servant and a spokesperson of your truth and your message? God, that you would hold my tongue when it needs to be held, that you'd help me speak when things need to be said. And right now, wherever anyone is listening and watching and tuning into this, God, I pray every power and principality that would raise itself up against the knowledge of you, would you take that away? And would there be a clarity and a receptiveness to hear the message of Jesus in our lives and for our worlds? It's in your name that we all said, amen and amen. Well, well just to, to kind of start, um, do you think you can multitask? If you think you can multitask and you back yourself to do that, just let us know in the chat below. Or, or, or if you're like me and you know full well that multitasking is probably one of your worst characteristics. I'm personally terrible at it. I've never been one who said that I can do it. Just not a good multitasker. Can't do multiple things at once. I mean, I mean, really, is anyone actually able to do that? You know, apparently they say, you know, whoever they are, that, that multitasking is actually a myth, that actually you can't do multiple things at once. All you can do is get really good at switching between different tasks. So it gives the illusion of doing multiple things at once. And so really, uh, what's the point of multitasking? Just do one thing, do it well, then go to the next one, I say. But actually, the other day, I had a really bad experience where multitasking didn't really end well for me. Really highlighted my inability to multitask. And so for those of you who don't know, my wife and I last year had our first child. Her name is Nora. And one thing I've learned from this experience along, among lots of things is, is that really when you have a child, you never ever will ever again get ahead of or on top of the washing. And so just a few weeks ago, uh, it seemed like we were doing our 22nd wash of the week and it was only Wednesday. But this time, Nora had decided to paint her outfit a shade of brown, if you know what I mean. And so what we do is we get her clothes, they're dirty, they're stained. And I'm like, man, I'm going to chuck this in the sink, in the laundry, put the nappy sand in, let it soak for a bit, get it all out. Mom, if you're listening, you must be super proud of me, really grown up and have matured. But we're doing that. And so what happened was I put the clothes in there I turned the tap on, chucked the nappy sand in. I said, you know what? I'll come back in a moment and turn it off. Right? So I step out of the laundry, go back into the living room. And, and friend, that was my first error of the day. Right? I stepped out and, and as I stood into the living room, Sophie's preparing the food for Nora for dinner. Nora's playing on her mat. Dinner's cooking. Uh, there, there's TV on. Like everything's just going crazy. And, and I step out of the laundry and all of a sudden I'm met with such a multiplicity of activities happening. And it's not long before I'm so distracted helping cook dinner, playing with Nora, setting up the table until there's a moment of intervention where I think, hang on, Isaac, where is that beautiful running stream sound coming from? 
right about 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, I hear the overflow of the laundry sink and I run back in and we have now had an, we've now had an in-ground pool put into our house because I forgot and I left the tap on because I was distracted. Now, what you need to understand is I hate with a passion three things. One, I hate when things are forgotten. Someone loses their phone or forgets to bring their phone when they go out. I hate it with a passion. Two, I hate avoidable messes. And three, I just genuinely hate incompetence. And so in that moment, I became the person that I despise the most. So I run back into the laundry. I see the swamp that's being created. Safe to say the clothes have been fully soaked. But with the clothes, so is the bench, so is the floor, so is the cupboards, so is every item inside those cupboards. So here I am with towels, mops, cloths, uh, trying to clean up and dry, wiping everything down to try and fix the mess that I made. Why? All because I got distracted. See, but like every good Christian, right as Sophie came in to say, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? I put the blame on someone else. (laughs) Don't you love it how as Christians, we always never take responsibility. We always say it's someone else's fault. Well, it's your fault I didn't get connected into church. Well, it's your fault that I didn't feel welcomed. And it's like, we never want to put blame on ourselves. So I said, well, Sophie, this is your fault. I had a plan. I was coming out then. I was helping you do this, 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 this. And it's your fault really that this has happened. And you were the one that made me get distracted. And if it had not been for the distraction, Sophie, I would not have had to deal with this mess. But can I, can I submit to us today as we kickstart the year that in our current day and age and in the cultural climate that we exist in, distraction is one of the great enemies of our spiritual growth and advancement and development in Christ. See, we live in a culture and we live in an age whereby we have access to instantaneous, limitless information at just one push of a button. We have more apps built around connection and community than ever before. But rather than us seeing these things make us develop and grow, we are becoming more and more easily distracted. We are becoming more and more caught up with trends, with fads, with new ideas, with new movements, with new regimes, and we're jumping on board with everything that pops up. We've become more distracted than ever. See, what you need to understand is that the goal of distraction is to get us caught up with what is temporary that we lose sight of what is actually eternal. So distraction will come around your spiritual walk and my spiritual walk, not to help disciple us into the image of Jesus, but to get us caught up with temporary things that don't add anything to our life. Uh, I love what Richard Forster says. He says, in contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. See, the enemy does not want you in 2023 to grow and mature and expand in your walk and relationship with Jesus. So he will use the things of the world, the things that are around us to try and grab our attention, to steal our focus so that you never move forward in your faith with Jesus. Friend, you need to understand a key principle that in life, the world's job is not to disciple you like Jesus, but it's to distract you away from Jesus. So what happens is we end up saying things like this, man, I don't have time to pray. Isaac, if you knew my life, you'd understand I don't really have the space to read my Bible. I mean, I want to be in a life group, but, but have you seen my iCal? Man, it's packed to the max. I don't know if I could fit it in. 
I mean, I mean, look, I get that I want to go to a gathering on a Sunday and be in the house of God, but, but life is just so full for me, Isaac. I don't know if I can step into that space and I want to spend time with God. I really, really do. I want to engage with Him in worship. I really, really do. But there is just so much on my plate. I don't know if I can engage in those things, right? What happens is if we're saying those things, normally it means distraction has taken us away from what is eternal and put us into the swamp of what is temporary. So we don't grow, we don't advance. What happens is normally we get to the new start of a year, right? And we say things like, this year I'm gonna read the Bible, front to back in a year. This year I'm gonna get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and I'm gonna pray like I never have before. But what happens is that desire when met with distraction from the world around us, robs us of the discipline and we end up back where we started. So what happens Right, we start a new year with all the right desires to change, the heart to change, but, but really when desire meets distraction, we lose discipline. Can I tell you, a distracted you is a defeated you. A distracted you in 2023 is a defeated you. If the enemy can just distract you for long enough to take your eyes off Jesus and put it on the world, he's already defeated you. He's already limited you. He's already silenced you, right? And so today, what we're gonna do is unpack from the story we find in Colossians, the words that Paul writes to hopefully help us beat distraction, to defeat distraction. Why? So we can focus on Jesus this year and mature and grow up in our faith with him. So I love this letter from Paul to the church in Colossae. He, he gives us keys and insights into how we can defeat distraction. Just a little brief kind of overview. If you're new to this thing called church, maybe you're trying us out today, then so glad that you're here. Come join us in one of our locations next week in person. But if you're new to this, uh, I love the Apostle Paul. In fact, Paul, Paul was an instrumental leader in, in the establishment and in the advancement of God's church in the early centuries after Jesus has ascended. He actually wrote, two thirds of the New Testament and still provides the foundation for a lot of our theological understanding about who God is and what it is to be a follower for Him on earth. But Paul was not always on board with Christianity. Paul was not always the one who was sold out for Jesus. In fact, Paul was once a Christian murderer before he was a Christian missionary. Paul was actually trying to stop the message of Jesus before Paul was about spreading the message of Jesus, right? The very life of Paul speaks to the transformation aspect and nature of who Jesus is. That if Jesus could use Paul, surely in 2023, he could use you and he could use me, right? So Paul throughout his ministry and time spreading the message of Jesus went on three key missional journeys. And they would actually say that the letter to the church and the Christians of, Coloss of Colossae was written during his third ministry journey where he planted the church in Colossae. So this church is a new church plant. They're not established. They've got new leaders there. And Paul writes this letter to the church planted in this city. Now, what we need to understand about the church in this region is that it is a place filled with distraction. N.T. Wright says this, the Lycus Valley, which is where the, the, Christians, uh, the, the Colossian church was uh, planted, the Lycus Valley does seem to have been a melting pot of various religions, philosophies, systems of magic, which facilitated all kinds of syncretism. So Colossi's gods were mostly those associated with human needs related to food, health, pleasure, and nature. 
So the gods of this region where the church is planted are known with promising to satisfy the needs of people in those things. Friend, what, let me tell you this. The world does not need us to simply regurgitate and rephrase what culture is offering and saying or to jump on board with whatever ideology is trending on Twitter at the time. No, no, no. The world needs us as the church to be so about the reality of the person of Jesus and His message of forgiveness, of salvation, of love, of joy, of peace, of freedom and of healing that the world begins to change into the image of Jesus and see if we're not careful what happens is we, just like the Christians in the Colossian church, will begin to take on the virtues and the ideas of culture and we will let the world put parameters on the advancement of God's kingdom. See, I'm convinced that a distracted Christian is a dying church. That if we are so distracted by the things of the world and focused on the current trend or ideas of the day that we live in, the church will slowly die. So Paul is speaking into believers who have allowed the reforms of culture to creep into their thought and into their practice. And this is what theologians will call syncretism. That over time, the Christians in this church have allowed the ideas and the truths and the practices of the world to creep in in and merge with the message of Jesus. See, syncretism of the Christian gospel occurs when critical or basic elements of the message are replaced with religious elements of the host culture. So what happens is that we allow culture to creep into the church and we allow the enemy to put parameters on the kingdom of God and we live with a faith that sounds like this. It's Jesus, but I believe in Jesus but only if I can still live like everyone else does. I mean, I, I believe Jesus is the truth, but only if you're okay with it. I believe Jesus is the answer, but only if you want Him to be. I mean, I'll share Jesus, but only if it doesn't offend or off-put anyone or only if it doesn't hurt me in the process. Friend, Jesus is not a hope. He is the hope. Jesus is not a way, He is the way. Jesus is not just a God, He is the true God. Jesus is not a truth, He is the truth. Jesus is not just a way, remember, He is the way. So what is it that Paul says to the church right in the middle of cultural of a cultural coliseum of ideas and different practices? He doesn't say do better Christians. He doesn't say work harder Christians. He doesn't say get ready to fight more Christians. No, 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 to a people who are surrounded by a different religion religions in the middle of a city full of pleasure and self-fulfillment and gratification to a people who are in the middle of a region saturated with temptation and distractions. He says in verse one to two, if then, if then elevation, you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are of the earth. Christian, if we are to exist in a world that is confused and clouded, then what we need is a set mind, not a split mind. What we need is a mind that is set on the things of heaven, not split between heaven and earth. A mind that is anchored in the reality of God's kingdom and the person of Jesus. I love this from G. Morgan. It says this, The believer is to set, is to seek the things above. And the word seek marks aspiration, desire, and passion, that in order to seek these things, the mind must be set on them. The word seek marks aspiration, 
desire and passion. Let me ask us the question, do we have a desire and a passion for the things of God? Or are we okay to simply exist with one foot in the church and one foot in the world? So as we start this year, my heart behind this message is not, as I said earlier, to provide answers, but to stir us in a way that our attitude is pointed to seeking and setting the things that are above, to place inside each of us a desire that as we start the year, we would decide to set our mind on the things that are above. So can I ask us all this question? What is your mind going to be set on this year? We start the year, it's a brand new year. It's the first day of 2023. Can I encourage you at the end of this to go away and take an audit of your thoughts and an audit of your mind and ask yourself the question, what is my mind going to be set on this year? Is it gonna be simply set on climbing a corporate ladder? Is it gonna be set on simply getting the perfect body or physique? Is it gonna be set on chasing whatever trend is on point at the time? Is it gonna be set on getting the newest fashion? Is it gonna be set on getting the new car? Is it gonna be set on getting more finances? Is it gonna be set on the temporary things of the earth? Or are we gonna be like Paul invites us to and set our mind on the things that are above? Are we gonna set our mind on the person of Jesus? Are you allowing the world to tell you what to do or are you allowing heaven to speak into your existence and your reality? In 2023, let's be a church that decide to seek and set our mind on things above. In fact, Paul in 1 Corinthians, uh, in his letter to the church there actually says this, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I have decided, Paul says, to know nothing among you but Jesus and Him crucified. What a heart cry to step into a new year. That God, I don't want to be about what's around me. I don't want to let the world around me determine what my faith is like. But I want to be convicted and convinced to be a believer and a follower who is about Jesus and Him crucified, whose mind is set on the things that are above. See, I want to provide a quick summary in the minute that we have left, right? If we are to set our mind on things above, there's some things I think that we can take away to really cement that. Right? Jesus left the tomb, so we should too. We don't live in that place anymore. So you set your mind on the things above by understanding that your past has been paid for, that your sins have been forgiven, that you have been saved and welcomed into the family of God. So when the enemy would come with muchness and manyness and distraction to try to remind you and pull you back to the life that you once lived, you can look him in the eye and say, I have set my mind on the things above that my past has been paid for, my debt has been cancelled. Jesus spent His time being with and ministering to disciples and the people around Him, and so should we. We should live lives to be with people and to serve people. So you set your mind on things above by being found and anchored in a Christian community. You set your mind on things above by deciding to serve people rather than to serve yourself. Jesus lived with supernatural power, with the ability to do impossible things, and so should we, with the power and the enabling of the Holy Spirit. So friend, you set your mind on things above by living with signs and wonders and a desire to see God's Spirit manifest in the world around us. Jesus looked forward to heaven. 
knowing He would soon ascend to be with God there. So should we recognise that our home is in heaven. So you set your mind on things above by understanding heaven is your home and our job is not to take earth to heaven, but it's to bring heaven down to earth. Friend, let me tell you, if we live this year with minds that are set on the things that are above, watch the world around us change. Watch the culture around us change. Watch a freedom creep into your faith where you are no longer confined by what culture tells you to be confined fine by, but you understand the reality of Jesus for everyone around us. Let's pray together as we wrap up and believe that God wants to stir us this year. Hey, let's set our mind on things above. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you right now for these moments. God, that this would not just be again, just a message that comes in one ear out the other, but that you would even help us post this service to go away and really really ask and seek You and pray and go, God, how can I set my mind on things above this year? How can I orientate my life around seeking the things that are above? And so God, I pray right now for every location, every church represented, every household represented, God, would You give us a passion for You like never before? And right now in this space, maybe there's people here who don't have relationship with Jesus and you've watched today because it's the first day of a new year and and you wanna say, God, I wanna try, try this thing called Christianity out this year, then friend, you're so welcome with us. Uh, we would love to see you a part of our community and our family, but, but we wanna take this moment to give you an opportunity. If you're sitting there and you want relationship with Jesus, why don't you repeat this prayer after me and then just let us know in the chat if you made that decision. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Today I choose to follow you and to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.